Stiff. One, I figured out what bothers me about Cleveland. It's the way he walks. He doesn't move his arms. It's disconcerting to watch a man stroll about with his arms held rigid at his sides. Two, Sheila broke down crying at the pet store today. There weren't any customers around. She told me her brother had been arrested and then taken to the mental asylum. This isn't the first time either, she said. She looked so defeated. She has short hair and she wears a lot of makeup, so when she cried, her face was a real mess. I told her I thought what she was going through was a real drag, and she said I was sweet. I wondered why she confided in me. Three. One morning, my hair was so frizzy and embarrassing that I couldn't go out all day. The next day, my hair relaxed. I walked down to the barber and told him to cut it off. The barber was a short man with a great big bald spot. He asked me why I wanted my hair cut. I was a little surprised that he would ask that. I said I needed to get rid of my hair so it wouldn't act up and prevent me from going places. He said he'd cut it, but he seemed reluctant. About halfway through the haircut, he just stopped, stood up straight, walked over to the counter, and started leafing through his schedule book, looking at all his appointments for the week. He murmured to himself, Wednesday, Audrey, Chuck, Tom. Thursday, Michelle, Vincent. Friday, Annette, Bob, Scott, Milton. He looked at the schedule book and spoke to himself for a good three minutes before I felt I had to say something. You cut women's hair in here? He looked up at me. Yeah, I start each day with a girl. He walked back and finished cutting my hair. It was a great haircut. Four. The cafe I usually stop at on my way home from work was closed. I mean, permanently closed. It looked as if there had never been a business there in the first place. The windows were covered with paper, and the paper looked like it had been there for years. I knocked on the glass door. I waited for a moment and then heard voices. I looked through a tear in the paper, and I saw two little men crouched behind a big cardboard box. They were dressed in green. They looked like happy little men, and they were hiding. I knocked again, and they just vanished. The box vanished, too. Five. Cleveland knocked on my door today, but I didn't answer. He knocked and waited, knocked and waited, and then he peeked into my window. Was that necessary? He didn't see me inside because I keep it dark. Finally, he walked away, his arms held rigid at his sides. Six. I called Sheila and asked if she'd like to come over. I said that I'd been thinking about her brother, and she said I was sweet. She agreed to come over, so I got out my cologne and really covered myself with it. I waited for an hour. She never arrived. 7. One cold evening, I walked past the pink Victorian house that reminds me of my old aunt. She never lived in a house like that, but my aunt is warm and soft. 
The house isn't warm and soft, but still it reminds me of her. As I walked by, I heard amazing grace coming from somewhere within. I couldn't tell whether it was people inside singing along with the piano or a recording of people singing along with the piano. I couldn't tell which would be nicer to imagine. I listened as I walked by and I hummed to myself. It faded out as I got more and more distant from the house, and this too reminded me of my old aunt, though she is by no means distant nor faded. Eight. I saw my barber in the checkout line at the grocery store. I didn't know his name, but I wanted to be friendly. I waved and said hi. He looked straight at me and smiled, but he didn't nod or wave or anything. I kept walking. When I looked back, he was still smiling at me, and the cashier was trying to get his attention. Nine. Cleveland came over to my place for dinner tonight. I sautéed collard greens and made some brown rice and beans. I'm not a vegetarian, but I never eat meat. Cleveland loved the food, and when he finished eating, he said he was upset that there wasn't more. For dessert, I made a peach custard pie. Cleveland told me over coffee that he was starting a band. He said he met a chick, and that she was really hot. After flirting with her for a while, he learned that she played the bass guitar and that she was looking for some musicians to start a group called Strict Rigid Japanese Custom. She had the whole thing pretty well planned out, and Cleveland thought it sounded great. I asked Cleveland if she was Japanese, and he said he didn't know. 10. I worked with Sheila today at the pet store, and I asked her why she never came to my place after she said she would. She gave me a look that was supposed to be obvious, but I didn't understand. Instead of pursuing it further, I asked her how her brother was doing. She smiled. I don't have a brother, okay? Then she told me I was sweet again. I asked her if she'd go out to dinner with me. She said she would think about it. 11. Cleveland told me strict, rigid Japanese custom would play its first show in about a week. I couldn't believe how quickly they had come together. 12. The cafe I usually stop at was demolished. I mean, it was totally gone. Not a trace of the little building that housed it. And there was already grass growing in the empty lot. I paused and stared at the space for a while. A little man materialized. He sat on a cardboard box and held his arm out straight, as if he were roasting a marshmallow over a fire. I waved and made a clicking noise with my tongue, but the little man never looked up from what he was doing. I wasn't surprised. 13. Sheila agreed to meet me at the strict, rigid Japanese custom concert. She smiled when I asked her and said I was sweet. To me, this felt like a real date. Before the concert, I rubbed myself with cologne. I used cover stick to hide any blemishes I could find on my body. I wore the stiffest shirt I could find. 14. After an hour, I gave up waiting for Sheila and just walked into the club. It was midnight. Strict, rigid Japanese custom were scheduled to start their set any moment. 
I walked past the bar and across the dance floor where ten or twelve people stood sipping drinks. I could hear a low hum and an electrical buzz. On stage, three people dressed in silver jackets and leather boots clustered around a fourth person. I walked closer to the stage and saw that it was Cleveland they were gathered around. Everyone had guitars strapped to them, including Cleveland, but Cleveland looked worried. I couldn't tell if the other band members were Japanese or not. They were touching Cleveland's arms and asking him questions. The electrical noise popped and crackled. Cleveland shook his head and strained his face. He looked like he was about to cry. One of the band members grabbed Cleveland's hand and made a chopping motion at his elbow. Cleveland looked down at his boots. After a few minutes, one of the band members approached the microphone and said, His arms are too stiff. We can't play. The electrical buzzing stopped and some house music came blaring through the speakers. The end. You've been listening to The Benji Section. For more information and to subscribe to the podcast, please visit thebenjisection.com. Thank you.